Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time... I think a lot of times what happens with my female clients is they will be on the edge of burnout and feel like they can't do anything about it because it's self-indulgent. Or they get into a place where they are burnt out and they've already given away all their energy to everyone else. I have gotten much more ruthless about proactively avoiding getting to burnout rather than dealing with it once I notice it's happening. You know, so I schedule my workouts in. I make sure that I'm seeing people I care about a certain number of times a week or a certain number of times a month. Coming up, anyone can burn out at work, but women seem to be doing it faster and younger. Last year, I did a show on women in their 20s, and we talked about the world being so much more competitive than it was when I graduated from college in the early 90s. And from my perspective, one aspect of this incredibly competitive work world is that these young women who are graduating from college in higher numbers than men, they're coming into the workforce with already packed resumes, they have multiple skills, incredible work ethics, and they're burning out faster than my generation did. They're getting that don't care, can't do it anymore feeling quite young. I began to talk about this with Dana Campbell. She's a career strategy and burnout coach. And she came to the work honestly by burning out twice. The first time she was still in her 20s. I was in management consulting at the time and I had just come off a long string of traveling projects where I had been traveling five days a week, uh, working you know, management consulting hours, so very long hours, often on weekends. I mean, at one point in that stint, my then boyfriend said, no way can you spend the night here anymore because you receive phone calls at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., and 6 a.m. But it wasn't just the insane hours. It was the work she was doing, the fact that at one point everyone was kicked off her team, and she didn't feel safe either. She didn't like or respect the people she was working for, and she didn't believe in what they were all doing anymore. The term for burnout that I use uh, follows some really long-standing research, which talks about it as three symptoms. Exhaustion is the first one. The second one is cynicism. And then the third one is negative self-evaluation. So you take somebody who maybe was a high performer or who is used to being high performing, and all of a sudden it feels like, I can't do this. That's what happened to her at her next job. 
She was only working 35 hours a week at that point, but still she had to drag herself into the office. She says she and the company were completely mismatched. I told Dana about a listener I heard from recently who said she's on the edge of burnout. She teaches and does administration at a university. She said she loves her work, but state budget cuts have hit her institution. Everyone is doing more for less. But she says it's not the extra work that's running her down. It's that the administration doesn't seem to find her work valuable. She says, burnout becomes more of a threat when I feel like I don't belong anymore and what I do isn't truly valued. That sense of belonging and fit to the larger culture seems key. And if you think about it, right, one of our base human instincts or needs is to belong. And when we feel that we don't belong, I love that she used that word. When we feel that we don't belong, it triggers the stress response. We see that as an enormous threat to our safety and to our livelihood. True in organizations and society as a whole. Dana sees these kinds of issues all the time with clients. She has corporate types, yes, but also teachers, even a church choir director. She sees a mix of men and women, but her clients are mostly women. I pushed her on the gender aspect of burnout. So I think that there absolutely is a gender component. Um, When the initial burnout researchers started doing research, it was actually all on service-based professionals. So like nurses or therapists, people who are really serving. And women have that tendency to want to be in serving fields. So already we sort of maybe have that tendency toward wanting to give to others instead of feeding ourselves or maybe putting ourselves first. But the other piece that I had mentioned to you before as well is um, new research is really proving the connection between burnout and perfectionism. And perfectionism being basically an amplifier for your ability to go into a spot of burnout. And women overwhelmingly um, tend to exhibit, there's two components of perfectionism. The first being the tendency toward wanting to be a perfectionist. The second is all around what you how you treat yourself when you aren't perfect. And it's that second category that women tend to be mean to ourselves. We tend to beat the hell out of ourselves when we don't show up perfectly. And that's because we're expected to show up perfectly, to be all feminine things to all people and a good employee as well. And that thing of putting everyone else first... I have a lot of female clients who half of our work is about training them in identifying their true needs and feeling okay with meeting those needs. So I think a lot of times what happens with my female clients is they will be on the edge of burnout and feel like they can't do anything about it because it's self-indulgent or they get into a place where they are burnt out and They've already given away all their energy to everyone else. They don't have anything left to turn around and fix themselves. Or they just believe it's, um, it's wrong. There's a lot of fear with, with taking care of themselves. I have clients who also live very much under the do-it-all label. You know, they want to be mothers. They want to be professionals. They want to have a social life. And in order to prevent burnout, quite often you have to sort of shine a spotlight on one of those areas and downplay it. 
meaning you only have limited resources. So at a certain point, you have to start diverting resources to take better care of yourself so you don't burn out. That's exactly what my second guest has done, but it hasn't come easy. Stacey Marie Ishmael was born and raised in Trinidad. She started her work life in the UK, and now she lives in the US. She's in her early 30s, and she's a journalist. If you've been listening since the beginning, you'll have heard Stacey on a couple of early shows. Right now, she's on a break from the regular work world. She's doing a fellowship at Stanford University. Before that... It was a slightly more stressful environment. I was a news editor at BuzzFeed at BuzzFeed News and the managing editor for mobile, which meant that I was responsible for launching and shipping and running the BuzzFeed News app and the team that managed the BuzzFeed News app and the BuzzFeed News newsletter. In short, great colleagues, a lot of pressure, endless deadlines. It's my perception that women are burning out younger, i.e. like a lot of women in their 20s and early 30s have already experienced some form of burnout. I mean, what do you think? What, what's, what's, when you speak to your friends, your colleagues, what are you seeing and hearing? I mean, I think there's a couple of things that are playing into this, which is, one, we are finally out now of a major financial crisis, but it's had some long-lasting effects, right? So people who are now in their mid to late 20s, people who in another era would be considering, you know, buying a house, for example, have a very different understanding and experience of the financial system. And, you know, in some cases, didn't get the kinds of jobs that they thought they were going to get. In a lot of cases are faced with significant amounts of student debt and student loans. And all of there are all of these calculations that have that are generationally distinct, partly because of the what was happening in the financial system when they were graduating or getting into their first jobs. And that I think that is an underestimated effect that is in fact very stressful. You know, you're in your late twenties, you have these society or in your early thirties, you have these societal expectations that you should be doing certain things that don't line up with your bank account. You don't have a four oh one K. If you're in the UK you're you, probably do not have a final salary pension. So that's one thing that I've seen, that people are much more stressed out and have much, much heavier financial stresses. And stress often leads to burnout. The other thing she sees a lot, this misconception so many young women have that you just have to work hard and better pay and promotions will naturally follow. Spend long enough in the workplace and you realise that is far from true. But most of us don't start our careers knowing this, after all. These are high achieving people who've been conditioned by their parents, by their schools to expect that if they do good work, they'll get rewarded for it. And they're they're not being rewarded in the same way. And that, again, is something that's stressful. I imagine that you must have been burned out in your last job. But tell me about your I mean, what's been your own experience of burnout over the years? Have you experienced it? Have you experienced it more than once? My last job was stressful, yes. I mean, news is stressful, breaking news is stressful, shipping new things is stressful, building teams is stressful. But I don't think about burnout in terms of stress. I think of burnout in terms of not prioritizing things that I want to do enough. So for me, I get burnt out when I spend too much time, too many hours, too many mornings, too many evenings doing things only for other people, doing things only for the team, doing only things for other people's deadlines and, you know, skipping yoga or not running 
or not being able to see my family because I'm spending all my time at work, which isn't always correlated with how stressful that work is. Right. I mean, there, you know, there are definitely times when you're just in the office until 7 p.m. And you're like, this wasn't a particularly stressful day. Why am I still here? So I've I've really figured out and it took me a while what the early warning signs are and how I can you know combat them. But I've certainly been and I mean, I was once so properly burnt out that it took me several months of <laughs> spending most of my time learning how to make ketchup to really recover from that because for me the symptoms of burnout are I am I am naturally a very curious person I like getting things done I like hitting targets I like you know beating expectations but when I'm totally burnt out I just stop caring she can't get motivated by the things that usually galvanize her we'll talk more about symptoms and solutions in a minute some people quit when they're burned out The lucky ones can quit without anything to go to. Others seek another job. But Stacey is sceptical that leaving your job is the answer. I don't think that quitting a job is a solution to burnout. I think people quit jobs for other reasons. I mean, sometimes your preferences change. Sometimes the country that you want to live in changes. Sometimes your family circumstances change. Because unless you figure out how to deal with burnout as a concept, as a thing, it doesn't matter what job you're doing. So let's say you are, you work in media, you work in technology, you work in advertising, you think that your burnout is related to your industry. Sometimes that's true. So, you know, you maybe switch to another job in the industry or something completely different. But if you haven't developed the coping mechanisms to identify what does it feel like to be burnt out? Like, why do I feel like this? What can I do about it? It doesn't matter what you're doing because you this will happen to you again i mean unless you maybe quit and like take up professional surfing (laughs) and spend all your day on the beach um if you have the financial resources to do that that's certainly one way of approaching it so i have gotten much more ruthless about proactively avoiding getting to burnout rather than dealing with it once i notice it's happening you know so i schedule my workouts in i make sure that i'm seeing people i care about a certain number of times a week or a certain number of times a month. I say no to a lot of stuff because I know that if I if I say yes to too many things in a week, then I like fall into this hole of exhaustion that makes other things harder. And that is a much more effective strategy, both short term and long term, than waiting until I just can't go to work anymore. And then I'm like, oh, I'm done. She says quitting a job just like that is a luxury. And it is. But as Dana said earlier, there's also the feeling a lot of us have that we can't give up on something, no matter how exhausted, cynical or negative we may feel. There is a part of my brain, I suppose, which hears my parents' voice being like, suck it up. And so I don't I don't think I allowed myself to stop doing something just because I was burned out. I think I only allowed myself to stop doing something when a number of other conditions had been met. That talk about quitting raised the question of options or the lack of them. We talk about this as if um, it, what, the, the context in which it is discussed is, is generally the context of educated professionals. And of course, if you're having just produced a show on class, I mean, if you're working in a factory doing the same thing for 30 years, you can't necessarily you might be burnt out but you're not you're not necessarily going to be able to do anything about it the same way somebody else who earns a hundred thousand dollars a year might be able to for sure i mean 
There's a lot of things tied up in this, which is it's not only about the financial resources of doing it, it's about the societal perception of doing it, right? In, in the same way that creative professionals like to tell themselves like, oh, I'm so busy because busy is a status marker. We think about burnout as a status marker. We think about stress as a status marker. We think about complaining about how many meetings you're in as a proxy for, well, you must be busy and important. And sometimes it just means you're like a bad manager and you don't know how to delegate. But these are these are the kinds of stories that pr- professionals like to tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about what we've chosen to do with our lives. But they're not they don't have anything at all on it on their face to do with why people get burnt out and the context in which that might happen. And speaking of context, when Stacy got burnt out in her last job, she says it was tied to the amount of emotional labour she put in on a daily basis, something a lot of you will probably recognise. One of my responsibilities as a manager is to make sure that my team is okay. But making sure that my team is okay generally means, you know, doing a lot of that kind of emotional work, which gets very, really exhausting, especially when nobody is there to do that for you. And that is usually something that female managers are expected to do at a much higher rate and much more profoundly than men in most contexts. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, can you, I'd love you to tell me a story. I mean, can you just pick one example? Can you actually tell a story? Yeah, I mean, 2015, 2016 is a super tough time in news, right? You've had you had the Paris attacks, you had the attacks in Brussels, you had the, the EU referendum by the UK, you had a really, really ugly political campaign that started in the primaries where, you know, a, a Republican debate would include jokes about genitalia size. It was just a very unpleasant environment for people who were having to write about these things all the time. And if you are in a newsroom and you are from, say, an underrepresented minority, so say you are a Muslim reporter and you are seeing a significant uptick in anti-Islam or anti-Muslim sentiment based on some of these news events, and you know, or you are the person running the social media channels and people are saying really, really ugly things on social that you have to moderate and that you are responsible for or that you have to just read as part of your actual job, that is a that is a horrifying experience for somebody to go through, and one of my responsibilities as a manager and as an, and as a news editor is to realize that there are people on my team who are disproportionately affected by the kinds of things that we have to cover, by the kinds of things that we have to send push notifications about, and you know build in time to sit with those people and say, look. I know this is hard for you. Are there specific things that I can help you with? Are there kinds of stories that you need a break from? You know, do you just, do you need this afternoon off? Like, talk to me, what's going on? And that was something that I, I had to do a lot. And some readers of Stacey's weekly newsletter, Awesome Women, we noticed when she was feeling overwhelmed. It came out in what she wrote. She says that's the great thing about doing the newsletter. Readers are often better than she is at recognising when she's pushing herself too hard. And so sometimes, and I, you've definitely done this, like if I write a newsletter and it seems that I'm really stressed out, so I'll get a bunch of email being like, you need to take a break. Have you gone to yoga this week? <laughs> That's why I thought of you for this show. I mean, because I know that was a great job that you stepped into, but boy, did it ever sound stressful and taxing. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's kind of the key thing, you know, I have extremely high achieving friends who are running big things and saving lives, who rarely get burnt out because they're so much better than I am at taking care of themselves. 
and it's setting up situations in which they don't have to take care of everybody else around them all the time. And then I have friends who are in, you know, jobs that you would describe as much less stressful, like on their face. Like there's one who's a who's a jewelry designer who gets burnt out constantly <laughs> because she is much less good at saying no to things and she's much less good at recognizing when she needs to take a break. So there isn't, despite what, you know, people in with like, C-suite titles would like to tell themselves, it's not so much how important you are, or how much you get paid or how many people report to you that is the primary determinant of whether you get burnt out. It's mostly what are your coping mechanisms and what, what do you do once you recognize that you have a problem. Stacey Marie Ishmael, Problem Recognised. Thanks to her and Dana Campbell for being my guests on this show. That's The Broad Experience for this time. You can give feedback on this episode at thebroadexperience.com or on the show's Facebook page. I'd love to hear if any of this resonates with your experience. And if you haven't reviewed the show on iTunes and you have a few spare moments, it would mean a lot to me if you did. Reviews help the show gain notice and I could always do with more listeners. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. See you next time.